Good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for coming to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, great to see you all here. Just get warmed up. Merry Christmas. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm basically going to be talking about just two verses out of uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And you can find those in the first couple pages of your bulletin. But I actually wanted to start by asking all the kids here a question. All right, kids, you listening? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Kids, can you imagine what life would be like if there was no Christmas? Do you want to? That's right, boo, boo that, right? You imagine a world with no Christmas decorations, no Christmas music or parties or Christmas cookies or candy. And how about no Christmas presents, right? <laughs> sounds, sounds like kind of a sad world, doesn't it? Uh, a world without Christmas. We definitely wouldn't have Christmas Eve. Well, uh, believe it or not, I actually lived in that dark world for a good part of my childhood. I actually didn't even know that there was such a thing as Christmas until I was in the second grade. Because I was born and raised in a country that didn't really recognize or celebrate uh, that holiday, at least back then. Uh, basically, when C.S. Lewis talked about a, a place where it's always winter and never Christmas, he was talking about South Korea. Now, thankfully, all that changed for me when my family moved to America. <laughs> One bright winter morning, my dad loaded us in the, in the car, and uh, I thought he was just taking us to my aunt's house for another boring visit. Right? I wasn't expecting anything, but of course, it wasn't just another visit, because it was the morning of December 25th. And once we arrived at my aunt's house, it didn't take me long to figure out that something was up, right? This was a little different because the first thing I see when we walk in is a tree in the living room. What is that? Why is there a tree in the living room and why is it decorated so beautifully? And what are these wonderful wrapped gifts under this tree? Oh, some of them have my name on it. Awesome. Merry Christmas, everyone. So looking back on that first Christmas, I can honestly say it was one of the best memories from my childhood, right? Everything from opening the gifts to the uh, wonderful family feast and, and the fun that we had together, really one of the best days of my childhood. But what probably made that day especially memorable and special was the simple fact that it was all completely unexpected. Right? My first Christmas was basically a gift of surprising grace. I got in that car that morning, and I had no idea what delight and favor was going to come my way that day. And I dare say, I think if we actually take hold of what Christmas is actually about, I would say this is how every Christmas comes to every one of us as surprising and delightful grace. And tonight and tomorrow is all about celebrating this, right? 
being surprised again, letting ourselves just delight in the most awesome, wonderful gift that God has ever given to mankind, the gifting of his very own son. And today I just want to look at a few verses that include a few predictions from the prophet Isaiah that tell us a little bit more about this gift. And these predictions were given 3,000 years ago. Right? Listen as I read again from our first passage, read this evening, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, did you notice that God gives this gift to us, which is stated twice here for emphasis. And this is actually quite surprising because who are we to receive such a gift from God? Actually, if you read the rest of Isaiah, what, what's clear is that God is offering this gift to a desperately broken and fallen world. Not a well-deserving, put-together, self-sufficient on the nice list kind of world, but rather a world corrupted by wrong worship, also known as idolatry, which then gives way and birth to every sort of injustice and evil under the sun. But God, seeing our desperate plight, as well as our terrible burden, decides to do something about this, and a solution it's the last thing anyone would actually expect. Turns out his answer for all the world's problems is a child. What? A child? How is something as weak as a child going to deliver us from our enemies? Or everything that's wrong with the world? Or everything that's wrong with me? How's a child going to do this? Well, as it turns out, this child is like no other child. This child will be to God, the ruler of the universe, like a son, meaning he will inherit that rule of the universe. And thus, he will be the sum of everything you and I and the rest of the world has ever longed for, has ever hoped for, this child will be all that we've ever wanted or needed. Which is why the first thing that Isaiah tells us about this son in verse 6 is that the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, why do we need to hear this? Well, this could also be translated as all dominion will be on his shoulder, meaning God's son will rule as the sovereign king over all of God's creation and he will take upon his shoulders the burden of setting the world right. Everything made new and right. So here's what that means for you and me this Christmas Eve. Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? 
with all manner of burden on your shoulders as a result of trying to be your own sovereign. I'm talking about all those burdens that have a way of piling up on us, weighing us down as a result of all of our failed attempts to rule ourselves, society, and the world. That's you, I have good news. There's rest for your souls in the sun. You no longer have to carry that burden of trying to save your own life by whatever means you're pursuing. You can take that burden off of your shoulders and put them where they belong. Right? Now that God's son has been given to us and the fact that he was born to rule the world means he can take all those miserable burdens He can make everything good and new again. And he alone can do this with perfect righteousness and authority. Now, just in case you're still hesitant about uh, laying your burdens down before this king, Isaiah wants us to know a few things, very important things about him, what kind of ruler he has gifted to us. We're told of a few different titles that sum up his character which is referred to uh, in shorthand as his name. It's a sum of who he is. And the first title of his name is, and I love this, Wonderful Counselor. Meaning Jesus is now our guide and shepherd in this life. We're no longer lost, helpless, and harassed. He comes with counsel that is divine in wisdom and comfort. You want to know holy wisdom? You want to build your life on the ultimate solid foundation? One that can weather any storm, because by the way, the storms are coming. Storms may be here. We are now able to go to our wonderful counselor, Jesus who listens and speaks like no other, like no other. And if that weren't wonderful enough, the next two titles given to this king are Mighty God and Everlasting Father. Now, I know some of us Christians, we hear that and we want to jump right to the Trinity. Uh, it's a good instinct, but don't miss that these titles are also given to remind us that this king wields God's very power to provide and protect, right? For his people, with his people, for the sake of his people. And this doesn't mean that we get to escape trouble or hardship in this life, but it does mean that he is our Emmanuel. God is with us. And actually like any perfect everlasting father what this child what this son will do is bring us through life's journey to a perfect place of lasting rest security safety prosperity and this actually leads me to the last title because here's a word that kind of sums all that up in terms of our experience 
because as Jesus the Son rules, as he counsels and he provides and protects for his people, he's given this final title, which is none other than the Prince of Peace. Shalom. Peace. I could sum it up. Everything as it should be. Everything as it should be. So very good. And how long will this peace of his endure? Listen as I read verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. It won't ever end, and it won't ever stop increasing. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You see, what we're ultimately celebrating every Christmas is this uh, unprecedented gift of a king whose perfect kingdom will never stop delighting us, surprising us, and it will be without end. And you can rest assured that this kingdom is inevitable, that it is unstoppable, invincible, because our passage ends with this emphatic promise, which is simply this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because God's zeal is holy. It's like nothing else. If I could sum it up, it's basically the outworking of his holy, all-consuming devotion and love for his people. Which you can see most clearly where? In a child. The birth of his greatest gift of all. His son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, if you've walked with him for any amount of time, never ceases to delight or surprise us with his grace. So as we leave here tonight, may we bask in the joy, hope of his kingship, his peace, which will be without end. Merry Christmas and amen.